Hey guys, so we're doing something a little different today. It's a solo episode with just me, Cindy. Um, Allie has still not recovered her voice yet, so I offered to do just some Q&A via Instagram and answer some of you guys' questions. So I'm going to jump right in. This is going to be sort of uh, rapid fire. There's, I, I tried to put some rhyme or reason to this, but... I just am going to go through and answer some of these amazing questions that we got. So topics mainly, in case you're curious, are around soulmates. A lot of questions around dating, attracting a soulmate. Um, a lot of questions around manifesting, calling in uh, things that you're wanting for the year ahead. I'm also going to share a message for the uh, 111 portal that's coming up later this week. And we also talk a little bit about uh, like what happens after someone passes and um, physical ailments in the body. So a high level overview. I'm going to start with something kind of short and sweet, which someone asked about attracting soulmates as clients. I'm assuming they mean like clients or uh, uh, attracting in the people that are like most uh, aligned with the work that you're doing. So this could apply to any type of work, not just if you are in a healing or wellness or that type of space, right? So my favorite intention around this, around calling in new clients, new people in your life is to say, show me the people assigned to me for healing. Or you can even say, show me, show me the souls assigned to me for healing. Uh, another great thing when attracting in new clients is to remember to say no to all the things that aren't working. And I'm not saying to like turn away clients, right? I'm, but I am saying is after a session or after an appointment or after even a meeting, even if you're in the corporate world, just either silently or out loud to yourself saying, okay, universe, like this part felt great. This part did not. I want more of X, Y, Z. Uh, or I want more of these types of clients, or I want less of this type of experience in my work, job, career, corporate life, right? Even just taking a moment to reflect after you've had an interaction is a great way to just remind the universe, like, I want more of this, I don't want this, without like not showing up to things or losing your job, right? So uh, pretty simple, straightforward. Uh, yeah, but that's my biggest uh, like mantra that I like to use is show me the people, clients assigned to me for healing. Okay. Another question around manifesting was someone asked how to manifest when struggling with believing in yourself. So I think they added more insight around uh, when you're like knowing you want something, but not really feeling like you believe it. Or I would even say that this could be like, maybe you're feeling imposter syndrome. Like, you know, you want this job or this partner or this baby or whatever it is, but then you feel like, well, who am I to want these things? Or who am I to like deserve this, right? Worthiness comes up sometimes when people are talking about this, like not believing in yourself. So first things first, um, any beliefs that are not aligned need to go. And you may go through some experiences after you've set an intention around manifesting of something that you want, where it doesn't work out, like almost like immediately after you set an intention. And part of this is because it might be removing a belief or an old uh, fear even around it that needs to go before you can call in the thing or allow the self in, allow the new thing in. The other thing to do when you're struggling believing in yourself when you're manifesting is to start small. 
Like look at how things like are working out for you. So one example that came up today in a client session is someone was talking about abundance and manifesting more money, quite frankly, for themselves. I mean, who doesn't want more money? Uh, but what, what spirit was saying or what their guides were saying is that it may not come in the form that you expect right off the bat. So what that means is, is that if you are someone who's calling in more abundance or more money, is it may come in the form of a trade or something free. Like maybe you get a free workout class or maybe you hit so many points at Target that you get, you know, 10 extra bucks off your order. Or uh, maybe it's through the process of a trade, like someone offers to give you acupuncture for you uh, helping them out with a project or looking over a resume or something like that, right? And it may not be the abundance that you were expecting, but it's still free stuff, right? Or it's less of a burden in the energy exchange. So start, and that's just one example, but start small and looking at the ways that things are working out for you or that in ways that the universe is supporting you. The other thing I like to add around like shifting your beliefs and manifesting or struggling to believe in yourself is remember, if you can dream it, you can have it. You wouldn't have even thought of it or had the... Uh, like dream of it if you weren't capable and able to call this thing into your life. Again, whether it's like a baby or a partner or a job or money or whatever it is, like if you can dream it, you can have it. Okay. Uh, so those are just some of like the initial, I also like to say like um, start small in terms of like even manifesting things like that, you know, you can believe in your ability to manifest. Like my favorite thing is example. I think I've said this before on the podcast of you know, maybe it's manifesting all green lights on the way on the way to your appointment, or maybe it's there's no lines at the Whole Foods checkout because you're running late, or maybe you manifest, uh, I don't know, like the uh, a contract coming through really quickly and easily if you're in real estate or in your corporate gig or whatever it is. But start small because that will start to build up the belief that you can manifest. And then again, looking for other ways that things are that you're trying to manifest are coming towards you is a great practice just to get in the habit of. Okay. Okay. Switching gears. The next question we got was how do you know if something or someone is a soul contract? So I love this question. I love talking about soul contracts. So we've talked about this before. We have a whole episode on soul contracts and relationships, what they are, what they're not. But for the quick and dirty version, is a soul contract is something where it's a lesson learned or an agreement made between two people. This could be a pet and a person. These could be two people. This could be uh, even I'd say like a spirit baby and a person, like, a, you know, like someone in spirit, like if you're trying to manifest children, things like that. Uh, but how do you know if it's a soul contract? So pretty simple. If the encounter or the experience or the relationship evoked feelings or a reaction, or you learned something from it, then that was probably a soul contract. So if you think about it, you could literally be interacting with people like every day, even strangers that are soul contracts or that have a contract with you. And then of course, there's the bigger, more influential contracts in your life, like a spouse, partner, child, parent, best friend, pets, things like that that have longer soul contracts. But 
even a simple exchange at like a grocery store or on a single date with someone could be a soul contract. So I was going to use the example of recently I have been back on the dating world um, and navigating that and connected with this guy. It was so great. It was going great. We were chatting all the things. And then I basically said like, hey, this is going great. Can we get together? Kind of crickets brought it up again. Like, Hey, we had plans or are you still available on this date? They were like tentatively picked. And he was like, I actually already met somebody, which was devastating. Cause I was like really connected with this guy. And it also brought up feelings for me and a lesson for me of something that happened to me like years ago with a similar energy of a guy. And so I took that, even though I never met this person, it was just over an app and texting. I was like, Oh, I probably had a soul contract with this guy, or he had a soul contract with me to remind me to clear out some of these old fears and limiting beliefs around dating. So it can even be with somebody that you haven't actually met, but you just sort of connect with that can even be a soul contract. So my point is, is that they're happening every day, all the time with us. And if it evokes a feeling, an emotion, a reaction, a trigger, a lesson, you probably had a soul contract with that person. So hope that helps explain it. Um, I mean, also, I would say anyone that's like significant in your life is a soul contract, like someone that you connect with. But it's not the key is it's not about the length of time that you are with them or that you like connect with them or anything like that. It's not about the time of it. It's about like the depth and the breadth of the emotion and the lesson that is learned. Okay. All right. Um, next question. Someone asked about actually like this, cause it goes in line with the soul contract. Someone asked about they're looking at changing careers, but not feeling supported by others, i.e. friends, family, parents, spouse. So well, I would say one, you might need some new people in your life, some new community, but obviously you're not going to get rid of everyone. But if you're feeling this way, like you're going through a big change in career, I would say number one, uh, don't seek external validation for the decisions and actions that you're making, especially this year in 2023. I mean, I would say this applies like always, but especially in 2023, we're in a seven year in numerology, which is all about going inward, uh, trusting your own cut excuse me, trusting your own gut and intuition. Um, it's a lot about uh, enhancing your psychic or like your intuitive abilities. So like this year is not going to be about, I don't say not about receiving support from others, but it's not going to be about like getting a lot of like external validation. It's just, you're going to, it's going to feel like it falls short no matter what it is that you're looking for insights around from others. The other thing I would say about changing careers and not feeling supported by others is don't take it personally. When you or, you know, anyone in your life, if you can think back, makes a big change, it is often very triggering and unsettling for others for a number of reasons. One, they've put you in a box, like you're this person, you do this, you live here. And when you step outside of that box, it triggers them to start to question like, well, wait a minute, should I be doing something different with my life? Should I be looking outside my box. Like I thought everyone, you know, I thought everything was settled and we were doing this and now you're changing it. So, and people don't like, sometimes people don't like to be like, not a question, but they don't like to like have their world kind of shook up. They like things in a box and like everyone where they're quote unquote supposed to be. And it's unsettling when that changes. Not a lot of people are great at handling change. Even if it's a good change, people aren't great at handling it. Um, the second thing is, is that this if someone's not supportive of your change in career or your change in lifestyle or your divorce or marriage or whatever, 
it could be that not that they're not happy for you, but that this is actually a projection of something that they're not happy with in their own life. So I'm guessing for the person that asked this question that the, a lot of the people that aren't excited about their, their career change probably aren't that happy in their own career, right? And so again, they're being triggered or um, sort of like, I don't want to say pressured, but being uh, invited to maybe look at, oh, well, if she could do something different or they can do something different then maybe I should, or why can't I? But then they may have a lot of limiting beliefs going back to one of the first questions is like how to manifest and they don't believe in themselves. They may have a lot of beliefs and negative or limiting beliefs around the fact that they can't do something. And then to see you go do something, even if it's not what they want, but it's your dream is very triggering for someone who's not living in their truth or living a fulfilled life or feeling purposeful in their work. So it's hard to be supportive and excited for somebody else when you're not happy and fulfilled in your own life. Again, for the person that's changing the careers or making the big change, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but I wouldn't take it too much to heart how other people are reacting because it's probably more of a reflection on themselves and how they're feeling versus whether or not you should be doing something or whether or not they're happy for you. Okay. And the last thing I'll add is for most of the people that are probably listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe 50s. We all came in to shake things up. So I always say to my clients, if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe early 50s, if you're not doing something to shake the mold, to go against society, to uh, you know, do something in rebellion to what your parents taught or your religion growing up taught you or whatever, then you ain't doing it right. We came in to do things differently, to carve our own path and to not fall into the same box that everyone else wants to put us in. So it doesn't mean you're never going to find your people or find peace. And I'm not saying you need to do this in a angry, like I'm going against you way, but I am saying that if it feels like you're the crazy person and no one's getting it, then you're probably on the right path because most of the people, again, listening to this are meant to be way showers and are meant to do things differently. So again, back to the question, no, you're not going to feel supported by a lot of the people around you because they're not going to understand it, but that's okay. This year is about trusting your gut and doing what's right for you and not apologizing for it, you know? Okay. Next question was around, um, I, uh, we talk about leaping. I talk about leaping, leap in the net will appear a lot. I think this person had actually done a reading with me when I mentioned this, but they questioned and asked how, like, what are, when I say leap net or leap in the net will appear, or when people talk about this, they're like, what are some of the best practices around this? So the number one thing I like to say is when you're leaping for something or getting outside your comfort zone or taking a risk, the key is you have to believe it before you see it. If you're running around saying, I'm going to leap, and you're looking for evidence and validation that you're making the right choice before you go do it, you're probably going to be a little disappointed. That's not really how the universe works. That's also not really how the leap and the net will appear like mantra works either. It's truly, you have to believe it before you see it. Another way of saying this could be fake it till you make it uh, and or, or any, anything along those lines, right? The other thing about leap nets, I'd say like best practices is kind of what I was just saying before. Don't give your power away to other people. Meaning 
it's okay to talk to experts, talk to mentors, talk to your partner, talk to your parents, confidants, bestie, whatever. But at the end of the day, you have to pay attention to your reaction and your true gut feeling when they're talking. Don't take someone else's expertise as like being more important or more valuable than your own gut intuition, because that in and of itself is giving away your power, which is going against the whole practice of leap and the net will appear. Cause that's truly mean like you're meant to trust your gut and go with your gut. And I don't want to say not listen to other people. Like obviously like it's important to um, put safety measures in, in place and have backup plans and stuff like that. But you can't take other people's advice to heart more than you do your own intuition. So I hope that helps with the, if you guys want more of these, any of these topics, like you can obviously like message us, DM us, and we can go into them in more detail. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to go to the other. I'm going to stick with manifesting for a minute and then I'll go back to the other question I wrote down. Um, okay. So somebody asked two questions around dating. So I'm going to kind of do them like, in, like together. The first question was um, asking about like, finding magic behind attracting soulmates. I essentially took this as like, what's the magic formula in meeting your partner or calling in your soulmate. And then the other part of this or second part question from somebody else was how to manifest for the highest and best good when dating. So I'm going to answer these together. So when manifesting with dating, the thing that I found most successful with clients and my own life is releasing attachment to the outcome. You can get really clear with your intention setting, with a type of um, partner that you want to manifest for yourself, but then you need to have a healthy dose of like disassociation or like an attachment to it in that it's either this or something better. And knowing that when you're manifesting for the highest and best good with a partner, you're truly calling in someone that is aligned not just for the now but also for the future so a lot of times things might be going really well or really great when you're talking to someone or initial dating with someone but if in the long term or if you're making some big life decisions and around the same time you met this person and all of a sudden they ghost you or they walk away or whatever it's probably not that you weren't a good match but more so that your guides and your loved ones we're seeing that actually now you're on a different path for the future and that this person was going to be fine for maybe five years, 10 years, whatever, but wasn't going to have the longevity to make it for the long haul. So that's something important to remember for when manifesting your partner. The other thing I would say, and I've heard this a few times, especially lately, is that time doesn't matter. Meaning it doesn't matter if you've known the person a few weeks, a few months, a year. I've heard tons of um, stories or romantic stories around people reconnecting with someone that they knew their whole life or they knew since high school, or they were always family friends, or they grew up next to each other, and then they moved away, and then they're back together. Like time doesn't matter. So don't put a lot of merit in the fact that you've been single for a long time, or you've been dating for a long time, or you've been dating X number of people or whatever. None of that matters. I, I almost want to tell everyone, especially this year to like, start fresh with their like, I don't want to say clock, but like whatever stories you've been telling yourself on the length of time or the number of people or how long it's been or whatever, like wipe it, wipe the slate clean. 
because this year feels very much like anything goes like anything is possible. Again, the length of time, you know, someone doesn't matter. It can also feel like uh, you can meet people, not, not many people quickly, but like, it also feels like relationships are going to move pretty quickly this year. Um, or if you met someone towards the end of last year, like it can move really quickly. So don't be afraid of that. Um, especially if you're dating like later in your twenties, thirties, forties type of thing. Don't be afraid if it moves fast or it moves like quote unquote too quickly compared to like the norm or what's been known because those things are just time doesn't exist. It's more about the depth of the connection that you're feeling with that person. Um, other things for attracting in partners are to, uh, how do I put this? Like not get hung up on things for too long. Like if a door is closing, it's basically means cause there's something better out there for you. Uh, be very intentional and clear on your non-negotiables. And I'm not just talking about on a date. Like I'm actually not even talking about being on a date. I'm talking about like with the universe, with before you open the apps to start swiping or whatever. Um, another thing that came through at the end, like end of last year, it was November, I did an event. It was like always swipe in public because it was, ba- they were basically saying to the person of like, you know, you could be swiping on a dating app in pub- public in line somewhere, look up, order. And then the guy behind you starts talking to you because he saw you on the dating app. And like, then you start meeting in person. So always swipe in public. Uh, yeah, it just feels like anything goes like this year feels really like a wild card, so to speak. So yeah, if you're out in the dating world, I'm right there with you. Don't give up. And yeah, this year feels very promising, very magical and very that's what I want to use. Very like magnetic, I guess is the word. So, and don't settle. This is not the year for that. This, that like, don't be doing that. Okay. I mean, I know you guys all know that, but I'm just repeating it for the universe for us. Okay. Uh, okay. The next two questions have to do with a lot of people like who have transitioned. So like as in passed over. So someone asked if, if a loved one has passed away, but they've quote unquote, like moved on, can you still communicate with them? So I get this question a lot in my work of like, well, I don't feel my, I used to feel my dad or my grandmother or whatever around me all the time. And now I don't anymore. Like what happened? And the answer is that's very common. That's very normal. And what happened is, is that they tend to, when someone first passes, really want to make sure that you're okay and to let you know that they're okay. So you may notice tons of signs, symbols, synchronicities, flickering lights, repeating numbers, crazy stuff showing up out of the blue right after they pass, even up to like maybe a few months or at most probably like a year, and then it might taper off and that's okay. It takes a lot of energy for a soul to come down and like create those synchronicities for us. And they're obviously happy to do it, but they're not going to do it forever, right? They're going to eventually continue to move on to progress and evolve as a soul for themselves. Which brings me to the question that someone asked is, can you still communicate with them? And the answer is yes. They'll always be a part of this, them, the grandmother, grandparent, parent, child, whatever pet that will exist as the way you knew them as your loved one, but we're infinite as souls. And so a part of them will also, another part of them will move on and begin to progress and evolve 
and maybe come back down and do this over again, or they're working on parallel lives, parallel realities, right? And this makes my brain explode because like past, present, future doesn't exist. It's all happening at the same time. So that's where like a portion of them, as you know, them will still be here and still are still be available on the other side to connect with and communicate. But then part of them is probably off doing something else with the soul on another planet, you know, learning more lessons. It's kind of, I always equate it to Zoom, right? It's kind of like, like half the time I'm on a Zoom call, I'm like in the kitchen making dinner or doing something else, but I am paying attention or I can hone in on whatever's happening in one of the screens if needed, but I'm busy doing other things. That's exactly how it is for them on the other side. Okay. And then I made a comment in one of my other, in one of our other podcasts about lots of people leaving, or I may have said it to a client, but I do feel like we're going to see a lot more souls leaving more rapidly, more quickly, and in a larger number than we have in the past. I don't know why. I'm not saying it's like an, an event, like a singular event. I just feel that there are going to be a lot of passings coming up soon. I mean, it could literally be because the largest population, the boomers are aging up. Like it's literally, it could be as simple as that. Um, but part of it is because I feel like a lot of the soul old soul contracts are coming to a close and there's a lot of new soul contracts like opening up. Um, also got to remember like every soul is on their own path and there's a lot of good that can be done from the other side, helping to influence, um, helping to like hold space for the highest and best good. Like your loved ones do a lot to help align you at the right time, at the right place for the highest good. So it could be that a lot of these souls are leaving because they know that there's more good they can do on the other side than they can here on earth. Obviously it's not everybody, right? But as we all know, the earth's a little overpopulated at the moment. And again, I just, I feel like everyone's here on purpose, but uh, there just feels like there's this like a ending and beginning or a stage ending and a new stage beginning for a lot of souls. So um, I think I answered that question fully, but yeah, I just want to let you guys know you're not alone. Don't freak out. Um, it's, it's all going to like self-regulate. I mean, even in science, they show that like some years there's not a lot of death and some years there's more death. Like it's just, it ebbs and flows even in like just a regular year or year over year. Okay. Okay. Last I'm on my last two, three questions. So um, someone asked about the best course of action when feeling stuck. So when feeling stuck on manifesting, you're feeling stuck in life. Um, step one is shake up your energy, whether it's changing up your routine, going to a different coffee shop, um, taking a different route to work, literally moving, like moving apartments. But if you're feeling stuck in one area of your life, I would all like, let's say you're trying to manifest a partner. I would also look at where are you feeling stuck in another area? Like maybe you're also feeling like not as fulfilled in your work or you're craving more community and you're feeling stuck there. But the first thing is to shake it up. Like don't focus so much on the area where, where you're feeling stuck. Instead, look at other areas where things are flowing because like energy attracts like energy. Um, and so it's a great way to like, just focus on where things are working out for you or keep, or like make a list of where it's kind of gratitude practice, right? Like make a list of how things are working out, even if it's in a different area than where you're feeling stuck. My other thing to tell people to do when they're feeling stuck is I know it sounds silly, but like get a new hobby, like try something new, learn, like we're here to learn, like pick up a new hobby, learn a new language, take a cooking class, take a pottery class learn to play golf. I don't know, like learn to horseback ride, whatever it is, try, learn something new. Because this again is going to remind you and empower you that 
you're never really stuck. It's just, we, our mind gets us in an illusion of fear or an illusion of, uh, it's never going to change. And so therefore you need to change something else in your life to remind yourself like you're fully capable of becoming unstuck and achieving the things that you want. Okay. Um, I mean, I could talk about this topic for like an hour, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to leave it at that. So, all right. Um, second to last, if dis, uh, I talk a lot about disease being called by be- sorry. Well, I talk a lot about disease being caused by dis-ease of the soul or the emotion, emotional body, things like that. So then someone asks, if this is true, then are we causing our own ailments? So technically, I guess the short answer is yes. Like as a soul, do we allow for ailments and sickness and things like that to happen in our life? The answer is yes. But it's not for the sake of just suffering, which I think is where this question kind of came from is they're either watching someone go through a lot of suffering from an ailment or physical ailment, or they themselves are going through a lot of suffering with a physical ailment. And that is not the purpose of a disease or a problem within our physical body. It's a lot of times what people focus on, obviously, because it's stressful and it hurts and whatever it is, but it's not the purpose of the disease manifesting. The purpose is so that we can look at the emotional, mental, or spiritual underlying thing that's causing the physical ailment in the first place. We just have not been taught this growing up, but I do think that it's becoming more blended. Like I'm always like all for Western medicine. Like I fully believe in it. It's great, whatever. But if you're not looking at the underlying spiritual thing, emotional or mental, then you're just sort of like staying in a rant in a crazy loop. So I feel like in the future, and even today, we're starting to blend the two where it's like, okay, I'm managing this ailment. I'm doing all the things, but then what's going on underneath that like caused me to get this. And again, it's not for the sake of suffering. It's because there's a lesson, a trauma or a healing that's asking to be seen, heard and released. I could give like a million examples. I actually have a story highlight. It's kind of old, but I have a story highlight where I talk about a lot of these things. Even actually, this is so funny. Even like a few, uh, was it like Friday? I was doing a aura photography thing. And this woman, it was at the very end of her session. We were walking out the door and this woman was saying, yeah, like I said something about like working out more, getting out more. And she goes, I wish I could go for more walks. She's like, I, I broke my leg and I'm still having complications from it and yada, yada, yada. And I said to her, I'm like, it was your right leg, wasn't it? And she whipped her head around. She goes, how'd you know that? And I was like, cause we just talked all about, she had lost her dad. She was having fear around the future. She, there's most of going with like men in her life. And I was like, that's all on the right side. It's the masculine side. It's moving forward. It's taking your power back. It's having faith in the future, not hope, but faith that, you know, and belief that it's going to work out. And I was like, it was a no brainer. I was like, you broke your right leg. She goes, yeah. How'd you know that? I'm like, Cause these are all the things in your life that are, you're not looking or she's looking at them now, but was not looking at or not healing. And then she broke her right leg. I'm like, yeah, that's, it's like your body's trying to show you this needs to be looked at. I know it sounds crazy. And again, it's not just for the sake of suffering, but our body's here to support us. And really the key to healing is getting out of the way, but by getting out of the way, it's by releasing these fears, these limiting beliefs and really other people's like you know, conditioning that we've had our whole lives. So that was a very short and sweet example. Again, I could talk about this topic for an entire episode, which comment, let us know if you want that. Okay. 
Um, last but not least, uh, there was a mess. I pulled a message for the 11, the 111 portal, 111 portal that's coming up. And I wanted to talk about not feeling settled. Like a lot of people that I know are trying, trying to figure out where to live or not knowing where to be or not feeling at home. So the two kind of go hand in hand in that um, part of the not feeling settled or not feeling at home is because a lot of the people who are incarnating right now are star seeds, right? This is earth is not home. It, it's just not, we came from other planets. We've lived lots of lifetimes. This is not the earth or the home that we like truly feel at peace with. So part of you, I just want to say like, know that you may not ever fully feel like hundred percent relaxed or hundred percent at home here, but you can get to like 99% or 90%. And that's through calling in your community. And that's also through like setting a true intention of what you're, what you really want, not what you think you want, but what your soul really wants which is one of the cards that I pulled for the 111 portal this week. Um, and it was, it's called a waxing crescent. So it's essentially um, one of the first phases of the moon. And this card is all about intentions, gathering together and the law of attraction. Um, and this card says that this is a beautiful time, especially on Wednesday. I'm doing an event um, around this with, um, my life coach and friend, Rebecca Niziel. So I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but basically it's about you. This is a great time to use the tools that you have to attract in the thing that you most want. This card specifically speaks to the month ahead, but I would say this is a great time to also do it for the year ahead. Okay. Um, and it's a great time to bring about whatever goals or intentions you want to manifest. So again, bringing back to the home piece too. If you're not feeling at home or you're not feeling settled, it's like what things would make you feel that way, setting an intention around that for calling that in. And then last and final, the second card that I pulled for this 111 portal is the world card, which is funny because I was talking about the world and the earth and not feeling home. But this card is beautiful. It's all about completions, rejuvenation, achievements, endings, and beginnings. And it basically says that where one journey ends, another begins. It's the last card. The world is the last card of the major arcana. And it lifts us out of ourselves and above the world to remind us that we are large. Well, I shouldn't say large, but it's like we're never ending. We're infinite. And we're also all united. So remembering that we're not like just individuals here, that the universe has our back. Like we're tapped into the universe that also wants what we want. Like by us manifesting and calling in these things, whether it's a partner, the job, whatever, that supports the overall, I'd say like collective ascension of the earth. So the world wants it. Mother earth wants it. The collective wants it. Our guides wants it. So just know like it may feel like everyone's against you, but that's just a fear or a limiting belief. It's not truth. It's not the fact. Um, what else? What else? This card also says that from nothing, we will return again into being and our journey will begin again. So I took this as if you're feeling like you've lost all hope, although I hate the word hope. Um, but if you've lost all faith and you are just sort of in this nothingness, I would say good. Cause this is exactly the perfect time. And this, this portal is a perfect energy for you to sort of be in this magic dark of, I quote unquote, give up 
And so you're ready to manifest in a different way and call things in, in a bigger, more, I'd say even magnetic process than you ever have before. Okay. I feel like I just talked everyone's ear off for whatever that was, 30, 40 minutes. Thank you for listening as always, and we'll see you next time.